Welcome back, my fellow seekers of the strange and unsettling, to another episode of Confessions of the Unknown. This is Fairy, your guide through the shadowy realms of real ghost stories brought to you every week by creepybonfire.com. These aren't just tales, they're real experiences from real people just like you. Tonight we have some new tales that will make you question the very fabric of reality. First, a story of the mysterious object that appears and reappears in one of the most unsettling ways. Then we'll travel to Japan for a strange tale of the White Witch. So grab a blanket and sit around the fire. Before we dive into tonight's encounters, let's talk about our sponsor, creepybonfire.com. Here you will find everything from horror fiction to true crime stories and unique horror culture content. And this December, get ready for the horror-filled countdown to Christmas with Creepy Bonfire. From horror history facts to spooky festivals and suggestions to creep up your way to Christmas. Imagine finding an object where it shouldn't be and then it follows you. I live in a two-story house, four bedrooms, two bathrooms. I've lived here for six years. It's just me and my two dogs living here. I've always heard noises throughout the house. Nothing ever bothers or harms me though. Usually knocking on doors, footsteps running in the attic, or a ball of some sort bouncing faster and faster as if the ball was dropped and bounced till it stopped. The ball bouncing was almost a routine. Every three days in the evenings, at different times, but always every three days. I can never pinpoint where the bouncing comes from, but it still happens. Well, one evening when I came home, dogs greeted me unusual. We went to the living room and sat on the couch to watch TV. I heard the ball bouncing again. I ignored it as it is kind of normal to me now. Only this time, I heard the ball bounce again, exactly as before. Never heard it twice in a row like that. I brushed it off. The dogs were also used to it. They remained asleep on the couch. I got up to get a soda out of the fridge. I go back to the couch. And there is a chopstick exactly where I was sitting. I didn't even remember buying a chopstick. Anyway, I put it on the table and continue on with my night. Watched a few episodes of The Walking Dead and headed upstairs to bed. The dogs followed me. We get up to my bedroom and in the doorway I see the exact chopstick sitting upright on the floor in the middle of the doorway. If I were to pull the door closed, the chopstick would knock over. 
I freaked out a little bit because I usually close my door so the dogs don't tear my shit up. I picked it up and put it in my pocket this time. I went back downstairs to get the other chopstick off the table and it was gone. By then I was really freaked out. I went back upstairs to go to the bedroom. I couldn't sleep for a bit. Tossed and turned. I looked at the chopstick, and it was a normal chopstick you'd find at any store. I sat it on my bedside table and tried to go to sleep, and finally I did. The next morning I woke up, and the chopstick was still on the table next to me. I put it in the drawer with my nightstand and went downstairs to make a bowl of cereal. It was about 8.30 a.m., made my cereal, and went sat on the couch. The chopstick is on the coffee table again. I'm freaking out again. I grabbed it and ran up to my bedroom. And of course, it's not on my nightstand anymore. I had to work in about an hour, so I took a shower and got ready, keeping the chopstick in my view at all times. I decided to take it to work and throw it at the dumpster at work and went about my day. I didn't tell anyone what was going on, just kept on pushing. So I get home about 7.30pm. Dogs didn't greet me this time. I walked in and they were upstairs barking. I ran up and they were standing at my bedroom door growling. When they saw me, they snapped out of it. I opened my bedroom door and my nightstand was knocked over. I picked it up and figured the dogs were playing while I was gone. But I always shut my bedroom door. I was still panicked, so I decided to sleep in the living room this time. I kept the lights and the TV on all night. And the dogs were by my side. I woke up around 3.30 a.m. to hear my dogs upstairs growling again. As I'm heading upstairs, I heard the ball bouncing again somewhere downstairs. But I ignored it and went to see what my dogs are growling at. I didn't see anything. Everything looked normal, so I calmed them down. Soon after, one of my dogs ran downstairs into the kitchen and started barking ferociously at a cabinet near the fridge. I opened the cabinet and wait for it, the chopstick returned. I left it there and slammed the cabinet shut. Right then and there, I yelled, whoever you are, I command you to go away. Still, even after all that, I was never harmed, just freaking out. Shortly after that, I hear footsteps running. I don't know where the running was coming from, but it was somewhere downstairs this time. And I heard the ball bouncing again. I yelled, get out now. It all stopped immediately. I was panicked, but didn't hear a peep for about a month or so. But eventually, the ball bouncing started again. 
the chapstick disappeared without a trace, but to this day, I still hear the ball bouncing. The house has been put up to sale, but anyone interested, I tell them my story beforehand, and I don't hear from the buyers again. And now, as I finish typing this, the ball is bouncing. Upstairs somewhere, I've made peace with it. But the chapstick era freaked me out a bit because I never used chapstick at all. To this day, I still wonder, why chapstick? If you had a brush with the other worldy, we want to hear about it. Share your ghost encounters or paranormal experiences with us at creepybonfire at gmail.com and your story could be featured in our next episode. As for me, you can find me on TikTok at Fairy Horror Show for more spooky video content. Now let's take a journey to Japan to meet the White Witch. In the early 80s, I lived in Okinawa, Japan. My dad thought that seeing the world would be an adventure that would help my brother and I become better men. And I have to say, he was right. Being in the military showered me cultures many would never get to experience. And I'm thankful for every experience that I had in my life, even the scariest ones. While we lived in Japan, my father wanted us to have a fully immersive experience, so he chose to move us into a small Japanese neighborhood off base. We lived in a little house at the top of an enormous hill in a cul-de-sac that overlooked part of a huge zoo and on the side, a fairly large cemetery. Our particular house was set far above the monkey habitants about a mile downhill. Between us and those habitats was nothing but think Indiana Jones style jungle. A jungle the neighborhood kids and I would thrum through endlessly ignoring the local warnings about poisonous snakes and ancient untripped mines from World War II. We were the only American family living in that cul-de-sac, completely surrounded by Japanese families and it was all amazing. The kids loved us and although we couldn't communicate through language very well, we understood each other perfectly. Well, most of the times. Opposite to us was an older couple with a lush garden surrounding their property. The older woman wanted us to call her Mama Sun and she had us helping her garden whenever she would coax us with green tea and chocolate banana cookies. We loved her. She was so welcoming and generous, as everyone else actually. We lived in a wonderful neighborhood. The only drawback to Mama San's home, however, was that she directly overlooked the cemetery. And that cemetery was unlike any cemetery I have ever seen before. Because Okinawa is an island, burials don't happen very often. Instead, above-ground crypts are built, many of them built into the sides of the hills that made up the island. Below Mama-san's house was a valley that swooped back up into another hill opposite her home. That valley and both hills were covered with its crypts, 
and spider whipping up and down through the crypts where various stone step pathways were old and badly maintained. One evening, Mama-san asked me to come visit with her alone. She had something to show me, but it was only for me as I was the older brother. Intrigued and a bit proud, I agreed. She took me to the back of her garden and sat me on that thick wooden bench and told me she had a story to tell. Mama-san then disappeared for a few minutes and soon returned with a tray that held hot cream tea and sweet rice cakes. Sitting next to me, she smiled and commented on the colors of the evening sky as the sun began to lower. Mama-san said she had seen me, my brother, and some other kids daring each other to follow a stairway path down to the cemetery. The path from our little home area down to the cemetery consisted of hundreds of steps, many broken or cracking, in and out of bushes and at a steep incline. It could be dangerous for anyone, but the real test was seeing how long it would take to walk through the crypts at night. Mama-san wanted to explain why that was a bad idea. Many years ago, during the war, Americans were through to be devils. Monsters that would murder innocent citizens for no reason other than to kill. That fear was the product of wartime propaganda used to encourage young men to military service and farmers to fight alongside them. But many didn't. Many run. And with nowhere to go, nowhere to hide, Hundreds of Japanese citizens hurled themselves off a cliffside rather than face torture at the hands of their perceived enemy. I was terrified at hearing this. I had no idea this had happened. I was mortified and hit with such sadness I started to cry. The sun was setting and the sky went from pink and blue to a deep orange and red. Mama-san reached out and held my hand, telling me not to worry. This was in the past, and the past is something that we must always remember so we never go back. So she went on with her story. One young woman had followed through with a sacrifice with her two children, but she survived the fall. She was in a coma for months. When she did regain consciousness again, she was horrified to realize that she was not with her children. They had been buried somewhere in that cemetery below, in a non-marked crypt that held many others. The woman would spend days and nights searching the cemetery, crying in pain. The torment of her loss was unbearable until the day she threw herself into the ocean to hopefully be reunited with her lost family. But they say she never found her children. Her act of suicide doomed her to purgatory. She would remain tortured for eternity. The sun had disappeared, the cemetery drawn in inky blackness. The main path dotted with dim broken lights, feebly illuminating small areas. Mama-san continued. She still wanders the cemetery, she said, looking for her kids. You can hear her crying.
and she pointed down. I didn't want to, but I did. I looked. In the back of the cemetery, right in the darkness, there was a white figure. At first, a bright white shimmer, moving slowly, kinda shaking. It moved from side to side like it was moving among the crypts, and you could actually hear the crying. Softly at first, but then low moans and whimmers of pain as it get closer. I was terrified. I wanted to run. But Mama-san held my hand and whispered that she wouldn't come up here. We were too far. But that is why we shouldn't go down there after dark. She said many don't know her story and call her the White Witch, which angers her a lot. It's best to stay away. It's best to pray for her. Mama-san said she comes out to see her often. Hoping one day she will find her salvation. Needless to say, I never went down to that cemetery again. Not once. And I never sat back there with Mama-san again either. That was enough for me. I did, however, visit Suicide Hill. It's called Peace Prayer Park now out of respect. I prayed for all the souls and for forgiveness. So many Japanese citizens spoke to us, welcoming us, telling us stories, and sharing with us. I'll never forget my time there. I'd like to go back to see if she's still there. As our night around the fire comes to a close, remember, these stories are just the beginning. If tonight tales have left you looking over your shoulder or questioning that creak on the floorboards, then we've done our job. Don't forget to visit creepybonfire.com for more chilling content and to become a part of our horror-loving community. Until the next time, keep the fire burning and your mind open to the mysteries of the unknown. Sleep tight. And don't let the shadows bite.